something big is coming and it's going to end the internet as we know it. And guess what? If you've played video games like Fortnite, Roblox, or Animal Crossing, bought some cryptocurrency or an NFT, or attended a work meeting or party using a digital avatar, then you've knowingly or unknowingly flirted with it. Dub the metaverse, pretty much every single big tech giant is currently working towards it. Epic Games, for example, are set to invest one billion into it over the coming decade, while Facebook stated in July that it was pivoting from a social media company to a metaverse one, after spending a cool two billion on acquiring virtual reality headset company Oculus VR in 2014. So what is it? In practice, the metaverse is like a 3D version of the internet, where people will be able to enter digital space completely virtually or interact with parts of it in their physical space with the help of augmented reality. It's not a place per se, but a new layer to the internet that will completely change how we live, earn, learn, and connect. Honestly though, it's kind of hard to describe it. Almost like trying to explain what the internet has become to someone in 1995 who's on the cusp of its birth. But the most important and alien idea to understand is this. Currently, we go to social media platforms and the majority of us are insignificant. We're just mechanisms for content to help it grow. In the metaverse, you are the most important thing in these worlds and have a sense of agency to do whatever you want. Wherever you go, your entire digital possessions come with you and keep their value. Your Balenciaga Fortnite skin, for example, could also be worn while playing Call of Duty or gifted to a friend on Facebook. And while you may think that because you're not a gamer, it won't affect you, the metaverse will fundamentally challenge the assumptions we have about everything and make us question how healthy our relationships with technology, work, and content creation are, which inevitably is going to leach into everything. Sounds pretty dystopian, right? Well, interestingly, a lot of young people are seemingly welcoming it, almost like an inverted storyline from The Matrix, where they take the blue pill to nestle further into constructed digital realities. But how did we get here? I think that there are two ways to answer that question. One is to understand the cultural changes that have happened as relates to time in virtual worlds throughout the pandemic. If we step back five years or even three years ago, coming home and spending your time, your socializing, forming many of your friendships inside of these virtual worlds was stigmatized to many, but for the rest of us, it wasn't seen as admirable or enviable. It wasn't an aspirational use of time. The pandemic has legitimized that sort of behavior and also led to many new millionaires whose jobs and lives are specifically oriented around these spaces. And as part of that, it's important to recognize that often the technologies required to change the world are available long before they do. Facebook is a classic example. We could have made Facebook in 1999 and 2002. It took until 2004 because we needed both a cultural shift in behaviors as well as a new generation of founders to come to age. The second is to understand the ways in which the technological requirements for the metaverse, and by that I really mean 
real-time render virtual worlds that enable many of us to participate together at the same time, those technologies have really only just started to come into place. And that mixture of behavioral changes plus enabling technologies is why we're talking about the metaverse in 2021 in a way that we haven't any time before. This is Matthew Ball, a venture capitalist who is currently developing a digital-only fashion brand with Virgil Abloh. He went viral earlier this year with an essay that explored what the metaverse is and why so many people are enthralled by it. I think if you take a look at human culture for generations, or, or really millennia, we have always embraced a sense of escapism, in particular to fantastical worlds. Over time, and by time I again mean millennia, we have seen constant advances in immersion. We went from orality around a campfire to medieval and renaissance gardens, to theater plays, to the cinema, now to video games. All of those elements continue to improve. The idea that we're now at a point in time in which those fantastical worlds are not isolated just to our imagination, just to a backyard fort, but into something truly immersive, multi-sensory, where all of our friends can be, this is just sating a fundamental human want and desire. And so I think what we're looking for is what every generation has always wanted, which is a, a sense of fun, of play, of the impossible. But while many come for escapism, they're staying for the extensive communities, creative outlets, and economic opportunities that the metaverse provides. Surely this is a good thing, right? I don't know. You know, I think it it depends on who's who's building it, right? Like if you, let's just say, if you and I built a house for ourselves, um, and I'm, I'm using a, a real world example here, but... If we built a house for ourselves, we would build a house to accommodate our needs, right? So, you know, for instance, um, my, you know, my husband, um, he is a programmer. Um, I'm a game designer. We both work from home right now. So I would want additional space for office that was just for office that wouldn't be for other things. I wouldn't necessarily consider that, geez, maybe I need a, a ramp as a stairway. Um, you know, if we were just thinking of ourselves, we might we will think of our needs first and not necessarily the needs of other people and so we see that a lot in in virtual worlds where you know worlds are are built by people for the same people that was brenda romero a bafta winning game designer who has been advocating not for a metaverse but a betterverse one which centers inclusivity and employs diverse developers to prevent history repeating itself so, for instance, you end up um, you end up with uh, you know just from game examples, you end up with things like The Sims, where uh, characters that are same sex cannot uh, can't marry, or now that's changed you know that's changed since then. Or um, you know I've certainly seen my own kids uh, they're they're mixed race, and it's often hard for them to create themselves in video worlds, right? Video game worlds or even virtual worlds because they just don't have the skin color or hair combinations that they would want to have, or they can sort of attempt to create themselves, but what they end up with is um, something that looks, that's just a dark-skinned European and doesn't actually reflect their, uh, it's not an accurate reflection of what they look like at all. 
It's undeniable that this current iteration of the internet has been plagued by digital feudalism. Mega platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok create walled online spaces which we all visit, embed ourselves in, and create content to the whim of their algorithms and their features. And of course, provide them with data which they make billions off. After all, it's worth bearing in mind that the metaverse was first coined in Neil Stevenson's 1992 dystopian book Snow Crash, where it was a fully realised digital world that served as an entertainment and an economic underworld to a desolate, violence-stricken America governed by corporate franchises. And although this is not quoted in Silicon Valley strategy announcements, talks of excessive advertising displays, workers being surveyed, and branded entertainment within future metaverses doesn't sound too far removed from its origin story. But Web3 isn't about incredibly packed verticals. It's about building horizontally, spreading out, going as far as you can. Sure, all the big tech giants are trying to monopolize the space, but as it currently stands, there are plenty of opportunities for young people to get involved and take advantage of these new infrastructures. The thing is, there's, there's so many opportunities for people to continue to build the metaverse. A lot of people aren't aware of the fact that it's us building the metaverse, if that makes sense. I feel like people are so used to the idea of the, like the internet or things on the web just kind of being there for them. Young people in particular don't know that everything, if they want something online or, or they want to create something, it's literally in their hands with, within the metaverse, at least. That was NFT artist Moyo Briggs, whose involvement with the metaverse has led her to become a spotlighted artist on leading NFT platform Zora, connect with like-minded artists across the world through her story DAO, a crypto collective that uplifts black NFT artists, and have her artwork displayed on billboards in Times Square. Don't wake up and think about, oh, like what cafe am I going to go to today? Or what friends am I going to see? When I wake up in the morning, I immediately think about the internet and the blockchain and how I need to speak to somebody who's in a different country, but we can only meet in an art gallery that's been built on the Ethereum blockchain. And like that's become my entire life. So when it, the way it affects my work, it almost feels, it feels like I'm, I'm no longer creating things in our physical world. I feel like all the art that I create now, it's, it lives on some plane on in the internet and every piece I make just has that that feeling of I guess there isn't really a word for it yet because it's still still new. It's a belief shared by Paula Sello and Alyssa Albakova, the two co-founders of Aroboros, the world's first metaverse native luxury fashion house. You know, now we all have phones. Uh, it's very, very standard for, for, so to speak, the kids these days to actually have phones. Whereas even us, we still had pretty similar, you know, basic phones. Uh, so now already there's AR integrated on their phones. Um, there's already all of the tools for digital fashion there, for, you know, um, gaming, for everything that is that second reality. It's all set in play already the creativity in the space is your only limit because the tools and the hardware as Paul was mentioning they're, they're going to be constantly upgrading and 
we are going to be matching towards that. It's really now about what we want to present and how we envision um, our society because fashion is so linked with that. It's uh, it's a mirror to that. And we're in, in a very exciting time when we can have a positive change. And that's why we started Oropers because often looking in the future, we've heard very dystopian conversations and we wanted to bring something that is uh, not only positive, inclusive, but also mindful of the current ecological state that we're in. Since launching last year, Ouroboros have already been heralded as the future of fashion, with their digital-only, ready-to-wear clothing redefining our relationship to consumption, the human body, and online identity. Most importantly, they are shaping new discussions around the idea of a utopian future, and how fashion will play an integral role in the upcoming metaverses. I think at the current state that we're at, there is no single metaverse. There are different worlds and realities that we are aware of and that we are you know, all communicating and jumping from, but we all are collectively building that uh, larger ecosystem for the metaverse work. And there are obviously huge giants like Unreal Engine and Epic Games that are um, feeding into that. But through digital fashion, that's how we'll be able to connect more activity and kind of bridge that gap between the far digital world and the everyday life. So really overlaying and upgrading our experiences with digital fashion. But what about those who see virtual worlds as not being as real as the physical one? Sure, the pandemic saw us spend a lot more time online, but that's because we had no other option. What happens now that things are opening up again? A lot of individuals don't really know how to socialize in person anymore. A lot of people don't want to do the things that they used to do in person because we've spent close to almost two years <clears throat> building new lives on the internet or continuing our real lives on the internet. And what's happened is physical life just doesn't have that appeal anymore as the life we've made on on the internet and for some people obviously it goes even further like people who probably spent most of those two years in virtual spaces or in virtual reality spaces or people who spend those two years building things online you you can't spend all that time especially in in a space like the web and with web3 growing as well you can't spend all that time in there and then just come back into the physical world and just act like you know that things are are normal also the truth is a lot of people do care about virtual worlds one billion pounds was spent on fortnite skins last year even though they serve literally no purpose in the game other than to look cool and if you're not a gamer I'm sure the statistic that one in 10 of us buy clothes just to get a picture of us wearing it for Instagram and then return it will resonate. And really, the motivation behind that is no different to buying a digital only item, whether that be fashion or art. A lot of people just care more about their online presence and the world's only gonna become more URL in the coming decade. 
I mean, we're seeing so many music videos, um, album covers now coming out featuring digital fashion um, that a lot of people will soon follow. And there's a lot of people already interested. You know, I mean, we had uh, two million people wearing um, our, one of our digital pieces after Fashion Week. <laughs> so uh, the the increase uh, and interest in, and demand is there. Uh, it's just a matter of obviously, you know, um, educating people as well. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So for example, speaking to my younger siblings, uh, for them, it's already so normal now because they grew up, uh, you know, in a time when they're attending school online um, as we're doing this interview online now. So it's, uh, it's a natural progression. Moreover, what's special about these virtual worlds is that in them, people are able to be whoever they want to be. And normally, that means being a truer version of themselves. Through a community sense, it's opening up uh, abilities of representation. It's all opening up a safer space for people to, you know, explore and enjoy, um, I would say, their bodies, but also how they relate to themselves. Uh, because it is becoming very meta. <laughs> you can have many personalities and um, people do feel safer on a psychological level of uh, a digital representation. So if we can bridge that gap between the two and allow people and facilitate uh, these options uh, and creating that craft on the digital realm that feeds into our everyday life, then we're creating a much more interesting space for people. Also, major considerations should be given to the sustainability aspect. With digital fashion, for example, producing 95% less waste than its physical counterpart. We genuinely just can't afford to be making more and more. And um, digital fashion not only has the potential to replace fast fashion, as the statistics say, people are you know, utilizing clothing only for the social media, uh, only to wear once and show off and uh, kind of drop. So if that can be replaced with digital fashion, we're solving a lot of uh, issues that we're currently facing in the fashion industry with overconsumption and um, general waste. Plus, young people are creating thriving careers for themselves through these metaversal experiences, especially in industries that have traditionally been pretty elitist and hard to get into. Even for like for an example for myself, when I was graduating from university before I got into NFTs, I wasn't as immersed into the the metaverse as I was now. And so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to find a job in person. I'm probably going to have to work at like a retail store until I can make money to get an apartment. And like, those were obviously very much privileged problems, but also it was like, what am I going to, how am I going to sustain myself in the physical world after this being so confined in like an education system. And the minute I I started to learn new things online, like I learned what Web3 was and I met new people in this community that they called the metaverse, the opportunities just, I could, it's almost like I could see all the opportunities that were available to me that wouldn't have possibly been available like in person. 
I come from Kazakhstan when I was growing up I felt really far from fashion and internet like for many I'm sure was a way to actually almost enter like a portal and be connected to more people and that's why um, doing digital fashion has an insane community uh, effect to it because more people can you know discuss be part of this it doesn't matter of their uh, ability to travel or where they're based or uh, any of that you know as long as you share the same world and mind um, you can be part of it and that's the beauty and you can meet more and more people within this realm through the interest and since we focus so much on the product and the craft and the beauty aspect of digital clothing we've been able to kind of knock a lot of doors out and showcase what craft can mean in the digital sense. The last 18 months have been particularly bleak for young people. Under 35s accounted for almost 80% of job losses during the pandemic, whilst research conducted by the UK's Health Foundation found that 86% of 22 to 26 year olds felt their future careers had been negatively impacted by successive lockdowns. Throw in an IPPC report that stated it is unequivocal that the climate crisis was caused by human activities and that it is affecting every corner of the planet. And honestly, the real world is sounding like the dystopian sci-fi here. Instead, the metaverse could be a third reality where young people can find paid work, make important change like making fashion more sustainable and escape into more fantastical realities that they actually have more control over. Still, whether you want to stay firmly rooted in the physical world or not, the way we interact online is about to change forever. And if the lessons above are anything to go by, it could really be harnessed in a way that improves the lives of the many, not just the digital elite.